mystery. In our history. Everyone, thanks for listening to the Mystery in Our History podcast, where we take an in-depth look at all things urban legend, conspiracy theory related, and how they came to be. I'm J.R. Supa. That's Chris Berry, a.k.a. Crispy underscore OMG. <laughs> yeah, check it out on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Crispy underscore OMG. I'm there sometimes. And? Sometimes. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so with the recent release of Dr. Sleep which is the sequel to The Shining. Um, it's actually coming out on HBO Max soon. And I saw that I, advertisement. I had no idea that was a thing even until uh, just last week when you told me about it. Oh, really? Dr. Sleep, yeah. I, yeah. I never even heard of it. Yep. Um, so I saw the, the advertisements on HBO Go, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So I wanted, I, you know, it, it made me want to, like, watch The Shining. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then... I thought it would be kind of fun to do another haunted episode. And so in the spirit of haunted hotels, a la The Shining, um, I came across this little um, haunted hotel south of the border, if you will, or in the southern hemisphere, uh, in Colombia. And it's called the Hotel del Salto. Nice. Well, it sounds good to me, man. The more hauntings, the better. I'm ready for it. All right, well, I know you're a skeptic about the, the paranormal. A little bit of a skeptic, absolutely. But, uh, you know, the the more stories I can hear, the better. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just I am a skeptic when it comes to ghosts. But, and, you know, I, um, I still like hearing about it. I wasn't able to get it for this episode, but he is typing it up for me. Um, my college roommate has a haunting story. That he's gonna type nice. up and and send my way. The funny thing is, is that he actually um, told it to me before, and I couldn't remember if I was making it up or misremembering or something. So, like, I texted him. I was like, "Am I crazy, or do you have a haunting story?" Because, like, it could be a false memory. I don't know, Mandela effect, whatever. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> he was like, "No, I actually saw that post that you put on Facebook about how you wanted stories, and I was gonna type it up. I've just been really, really busy." And he was like, I didn't realize that I even told you. I was like, oh, thank God I'm not, like, losing my mind. <laughs> good. Good, yeah. good. Nice. But um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the Hotel del Salto, translating quite literally to Hotel of the Leap, has purportedly been haunted for decades. Um, now serving as a museum, it has actually been refurbished and turned into a museum. The century-old structure in Colombia overlooks a waterfall on the Bogota River. Uh, initially used as the residential mansion of architect Carlos Arturo Tapias, it opened its doors to guests in 1928 with unnerving consequences. Just beyond the walls, there falls uh, where the falls cascade down the foggy mountains, many have leapt, 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 many have leapt, leaped. <laughs> <laughs> to their deaths, uh, either out of despair or inspired by indigenous lore. So uh, I thought that was interesting uh, that you were talking about the indigenous lore. And I know you get a little bit more into it a little bit uh, later on, um, but yeah. I just wanted to touch up on, on a part here. Um, the waterfall, uh, according to the lore, the waterfall was created by Botica, yep. I believe that's how you pronounce it, uh, who used a staff to break the rock and release the water that covered the uh, Bogota. Bogota, Bogota, Savannah. Bogota. There we go. Bogota. Thank you. Thank you for saving my bacon. Bogota, Savannah. Um, and according to another legend, during the Spanish conquest of South America, um, they were basically escaping slavery of the indigenous people. Um, or um, the indigenous people were escaping slavery. Excuse me. Yeah, um, the and they were. Yep. And they were basically jumping off um, the waterfall. Um, and becoming eagles to fly to their freedom yes. is how the lore goes. Anyway. That is the lore. So, I thought it was very cool. Uh, the the lore actually, um, I don't know. I, I just thought it was very interesting. It's a neat when, story. When, uh, yeah, yeah. I just it's I wasn't very, expecting that. It's very Native American. Yes, yes. And that's like because people, like people associate Native Americans with just North America, 
the the Indians, yeah. quote unquote. But Native Americans are North and South America, so it's a very right. Native American type tale. Yes, absolutely. Very cool. I liked it. Um, now, much like Aoki Gahara, the Suicide Forest, uh, that is in Japan. That was episode, mm-hmm. I think, six. Um, six, two. How far we've come. One episode one. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, the, the amount of lost souls that have committed suicide here have led many to believe that the souls still remain. Yeah, and uh, that's that's always a shame to hear about that, like just yeah. lost souls because of uh, you know suicide. It's it's never a fun to- right. topic. Well, so. And so I have a bunch of pictures that we'll throw up on uh, our Instagram for those of you who are not watching on YouTube, um, and the surrounding area of the hotel as well as the hotel itself. Um, and I, I personally, it, I think it's just eerily beautiful and unbelievably scary all at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like the first, that waterfall. Yeah. The first picture mm-hmm. we have is, um, you, it's a picture over what appears to be, um, a railing with a piece of the hotel and then the waterfalls in the background. And you can kind of see that the hotel and the railing, it's all stone. It's all made of stone. Um, and you can see the deterioration. In everything. Um, The second picture is another picture of uh, a different part of the hotel. um, And you can kind of see on the second floor of this picture, like all the deterioration that's happening with like the bricks and everything. And a lot of this is because of the, the moisture in the air from this waterfall, the, the actual water vapor and stuff is what's degrading these materials so much. That makes sense. Water is a house is a worst enemy. Yep. (laughs) So. <laughs> um, and then the, the third picture here, you can see the, the mountains in the background with the hotel, how it's kind of built into this ledge. Um, again, that's, you know, people would either jump from this ledge or just go around to the waterfall and, and leap to their deaths. Um, this one's waterfall. gorgeous. With, yeah, I mean, it looks mountain. so beautiful, but you can clear, like, the, the, the house is very eerie. And you can see, like, yeah. the hotel is very creepy. Very out of place too, I think, right? Because yeah. I, I don't see. I mean, unless you look maybe behind where the picture is taken, maybe there's more like uh, development back that way. Yep. But like, it's just this hotel surrounded by mountains, and 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 it's in the clouds. Even it's that high up. Yeah, it's it's unreal. Yeah. Um, the next one is essentially just a closer view of the same angle, um, but with a whole lot more fog in the background, which makes it just. Yep plain fucking creepy absolutely this this picture too makes my butthole pucker a little bit because uh those yeah. stairs on the on the cliff side oh yeah no, no thank, thank you. you right no, no thank, thank you. you ever <laughs> no, i'm terrified of that shit no uh, way <laughs> and then a picture from the reverse angle or the reverse side of the hotel um and again just all that fog it just like it adds to the fact that this place is clearly haunted plus like the stuff that's growing on the roof, like the, the vegetation <laughs> that's just growing on the roof for, from lack Dude, of like, ugh. Totally. Totally. It's like, it looks like a garden's growing up there yeah. because it's just very like lush with vegetation up there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it eventually takes over and well, and, and you can even see like there's vegetation inside. So these next two yep. pictures, right? You have one <clears throat> that is essentially like one of the old bedrooms. Um, because, and, and we'll get into this, but this thing was in operation until like the late nineties. Um, so you can see like the old TV in there and a couple of chairs and the mattress and everything, but like, there's just grass and moss and like a weed growing out of the fucking floor. Oh dude, I love that one plant that's just growing straight up towards the window. Straight up. Um, and then there's another view of the, um, hallways that are just surrounding a, essentially a central um opening in the in the middle um and you can just see the the decay and the degradation of everything mm. but you could also see the 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 beautiful stonework oh yeah like this was it, well. in its day it was a gorgeous piece yeah. of architecture yeah that um, column is yeah. gorgeous gorgeous yeah so the real question is i guess how did the hotel become haunted? How did it become haunted, JR? Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Takendama, the name of the falls near Hotel de Salto, translates to he who precipitated 
downward in the indigenous uh, Chibcha, sorry, the indigenous Chibcha language of the Muisca people. As the story goes, native people would leap from Takadema Falls to avoid uh, being captured by Spanish forces who started to conquer South America in the 1500s. As we stated earlier, the lore states, rather than meeting their demise, however, the Musca would transform into eagles mid-fall and soar into the skies. Now, according to another Muisca myth, Bogota was flooded by the gods, created a patch, and formed the waterfall to save people from dying in the flood, making, this, making the falls a doubly important site of salvation. And it's very interesting history and lore behind the waterfall. Um, indeed. But do you think, now, because we're, we're talking about how the hotel became haunted, do you think, like, the souls from the, the leap? Because, I mean, listen, I got my doubts. These people turn into eagles here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people probably died uh, jumping off that, that waterfall. I'm going to um, yes. So do you? So do you think the do you think the spirits are are seeping in almost like like from the the waterfall is that is that like the uh Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination of like perhaps some people actually like dove off the cliff of the hotel um but the majority of these souls leapt off this waterfall um and I'm sure that the proximity like they're just in you know the the I guess the lore with paranormals is it'll just latch on to the closest thing. Right, right. right? Like the, the closest site, if you will. Um, it's literally mm-hmm. like across a, a little river. Yeah. Not a little uh, river, but a river. They got attached there. Exactly. Um, nice. Now, perhaps Tapias was simply lonely and bored, uh, but perhaps he was seeing or hearing the echoes of spirits walking through his home's massive empty corridors, um, inviting people to come stay in your home is one way to lessen the horror of living in a haunted place. Throwing a party, even better. So that's exactly what Tapias did. I like this man's style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. He invited the wealthiest celebrities and politicians to stay at the newly named Hotel de Salto, and together they partied the remainder of the 1920s away, which is <laughs> like two years, two and a half years. Um, yeah. There is written, although he was throwing parties like before that but um, there is written and photographic evidence of excessive drinking dancing and gluttony damn my man knew how to have a good time yep glad to hear it uh the party raged on for only two years but in late october 1929 everything changed uh the wall street crash sunk the world the entire world into uh economic spiral and kick-started the great depression because many people couldn't find jobs Families weren't so keen on taking expensive vacations. Right. Like to Bogota, Colombia. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in addition to reports of a loud shrieking emanating from the hotel at night, the empty and vine covered Hotel del Salto attracted lost souls. There are many accounts of drifters and mentally ill people being found dead within the hotel. And these misguided folks have been lured by paranormal forces, may have been lured by paranormal forces. Um, so that's kind of an answer to your question, right? Like that's, it's not only the waterfalls, it's these people being found dead. These are the souls that have kind of latched on, uh, to this property. So the abandoned building just kind of naturally attracted the, the, the less fortunate, um, souls, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, Well, I mean, it's, it's cause it wasn't abandoned until, Oh, God, I don't know, like the 90s, I think? We'll get into it. Um, yeah, I think that's what you said earlier. Yeah, but I'm sure it wasn't doing well after the Great Depression. So, yeah, I'm sure that there were times where, like, it was not occupied, maybe. Um, yeah. But uh, the Musica believed in curses. If they were being driven from their land and into extinction, it's also not far-fetched uh, an idea to wonder if they cursed the land itself. It's an interesting hot take. Um, now, the Guardian's Chris McGreal wrote in, uh, quote, in the 50s, collecting pre-Columbian antiquities was already a local tradition, and most people in the town gave little thought to Native Americans who had lived um, on the same land a millennium before them. 
but decades later, the old pastime uh, has wrought bitterness and tragedy. Mm, sounds a little familiar, huh? Just a smidge. Just... Native American <laughs> curses aren't anything to laugh at. There are dozens of mysterious suicides and accidental deaths that surround the plundering and de- desecration of sacred Native sites. What was that prison that we did? Right? That was right across the street from an ancient uh, burial ground, wasn't it? Yep. Eastern State. Yeah. Yeah. I um, believe so. It's possible that the poisoning and polluting of the Bogota River awakened more than one vengeful spirit from the Takendama Falls. Yeah, I mean, all that makes sense. Um, I know a lot of the times, like, uh, it was, like, a belief of, like, the natives that, like, if something got too polluted, an uh, example of the river, like yeah. you were just saying, that it will come to come to life and, and seek to make things right. Yeah, um, nature has a way so, of getting yeah. back at us. Absolutely, yeah. Now, the haunted hotel brought to mind another haunted hotel that you might be familiar with, the Overlook Hotel from the 1980s psychological thriller, The Shining. My classic. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen The Shining, spoilers ahead, and quite frankly, uh, we're not sorry. <laughs> the movie's 40 <laughs> years old. Like, relax, guys. Well, well that's, that's JR's where it's not mine. I'm typically late to the party, so I feel the people. But, 40 uh, years yeah. late to the party, Chris? 40 years. Yeah. You just said you just watched it for the first time today. All the way through. Fully. All the, All way, the through. way through I watched it for the first time today. However, the book came out before the movie. So the story has been out for even more than 40 years. <laughs> even longer. Yeah, right. that's fair. So that's if fair. you don't know what The Shining is about, you can fast forward, I guess. Yeah. You're about um, to get this synopsis or pause and go watch The Shining. And then come, <laughs> and back, come back and listen. And then yeah. we're going to talk about it. That's the one. Right. The film's central character is Jack Torrance, an inspiring writer and a recovering alcoholic who accepts a position as the off-season caretaker of the isolated historic Overlook Hotel in the Colorado Rockies. Wintering over with Jack are his wife, Wendy Torrance, and young son, Danny Torrance. Danny possesses The Shining, psychic abilities that enable him to see into the hotel's horrific past. The hotel cook, Dick Halloran, also has this ability and is able to communicate with Danny telepathically. The hotel had a previous winter caretaker who went insane and killed his family and himself. After the winter storm leaves the Torrance's snowbound, Jack's sanity deteriorates due to the influence of the supernatural forces that inhabit the hotel, placing his wife and son in danger. Now, we're thinking about doing potentially like a watch-along series. Uh, at some point for like Patreon or something once we actually have some patrons. Uh, but Chris and I just did kind of some note-taking on The Shining that we're just going to go over here. Um, obviously, this is one of the greatest movies. I believe it's a Kubrick, right? It is a Kubrick, yep. yeah. Um, this is one of uh, – a classic movie, right? It's just a fantastic <laughs> movie. Um, so it's not like we're going to sit here and make fun of it like we did with Boggy Creek. <laughs> However, there are some some things um, that I that I found a little weird, um, but let's we'll just go through it, right? Mm-hmm. So, first thing, first note that I took was I, I understand that it's a Stephen King movie, um, and and it's supposed to be very ominous, but the opening drive scene could have completely done without it. You think so? Yeah, just that, like the driving up through the Rockies and blah, blah, blah until you get to the hotel. Could have done without it. I understand it's like I a mean, way to get the credits in, but. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. You know, is, is what it is. <laughs> um, now, it's funny because I actually, like, as I took these notes, some of them were getting answered. So I have to, I may have to, um, like, correct myself as I go. Oh, that's but, fair, that's like, fair. I never understood why a hotel in Colorado that clearly has a chairlift would be closing in the winter. And I feel like – and then – so as I wrote that, it got answered because they're having the dialogue, okay. like, in the job interview. Um, yeah. And they said, like, the road is so expensive to keep open. But isn't that the town's responsibility? It's not the hotel's responsibility I... to keep the, the road open. It, it depends on – how this how the state runs um because i know in massachusetts like if 
like certain certain streets, if it's if it's privately owned, no one comes out and plows it. Like you got to get someone else out there to plow well, yeah, it. Yeah, a privately owned street. Yes, like yeah. if it's a private street with the houses in it, that's that's a shared driveway. That's not even really a street. But like if it's just like Route Twenty Two leads you up to the hotel, shouldn't the fucking town be responsible for keeping Route Twenty Two clear? Yeah, I suppose so. Why would you shut down in Colorado what is clearly like the best time of the year? I I mean, we got we got stuff like that that happens out this way, though, Um, like uh, about an hour north from me in in, uh, Sugar Hill, Sugar Hill area. Uh Um, Sometimes they they close down the streets just because it snows so hard in that area, which I'm assuming is probably the same problem that they're having in this movie. It snows so hard that it's impossible to keep up with it. They pretty much just tell people, listen, don't drive out in the, in the, in the elements unless you are prepared to take care of it yourself because we can't keep up with the snow. There's right. just no way to do it. Yeah, fair so, enough. Uh, who knows? I don't know. But, but that's, also, my, uh, that's my rebuttal. In, in keeping with that little interview scene, um, I love mm-hmm. that they literally all just chuckle about the story of the guy killing his whole family 10 years before. Oh, dude, they love it, right? It's like it's like it's just like a like a like a it's, fun little tale yeah, it's to like tell a little during tidbit. an interview. By the way, because <laughs> they're like, oh, by the way, man, you, you might want to know that the last caretaker that we had here ten years ago, that guy went crazy, killed his wife and daughters with an axe, then put a shotgun in his mouth, blew his brains out. Just so you know, and they're like giggling yeah. about the fact that the guys in uh, Denver that sent him here. Made sure not to tell him. Don't tell him till he drives the three and a half hours to get there. Like, dude. That's rotten. I know. Also, um, then you get introduced to Danny, who immediately is just fucking creepy. Oh, uh, you think so? Yes. From the second Danny is literally just like on the screen. Because he's got Tony. Yeah, Tony lives in his mouth or yes. whatever. And, and communicates with a finger. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Um, oh, also, the doctor that comes in. So Danny has, like, this this attack, right? Um, and the doctor comes in and is evaluating him. And, like, the doctor seems way overeducated to be just, like, a primary care, like, children's doctor, pediatrician. You know what I mean? Like, she's throwing out, like, theories and stuff that, like, a specialist would be talking about, not just a primary (laughs) doctor. (laughs) Different training in the 80s, maybe. Evidently. And then also, then they sit down, and Wendy, the wife, Mm -hmm. just proceeds to tell the story of child abuse with a smile on her face. She's just like, he yeah. dislocated his arm. It could happen to anybody. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, the doctor uh, doesn't have to report that now? Uh, yeah, I guess not then. Not, not, not back then. Yeah. Um, so then the, the two little girls that show up the first time when they, like, first get to the hotel – Super, like I, what I put was those two little girls really hammer home the creepy. It's true. I love it. I love. Uh, I love that scene. Yeah. Is that? Is that? That's the first time. That's right? the that's first time when like, he's like throwing yeah. darts and he just like pulls the darts down and they're just standing there. And also, as just an aside, Brian Cranston has completely ruined this movie for me with that stupid fucking Mountain Dew commercial. You haven't seen it? It was the Super Bowl commercial. Oh my god! All right, you know what? We're going to look it up. It's terrible. We'll okay. we'll look it up and we'll 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 watch it offline and then I'll just superimpose it into here. Okay. Um it's he, so he made bad. a Mountain Dew commercial. It's so bad. Yeah, it's literally just scenes from The Shining. And it's him like he's dressed up as the two girls. Yeah, it's Brian it's fucking Cranston? awful. It's fucking awful. And then the the That's blood so scene, which is the blood scene at the end, is just Mountain Dew gushing. 
Um, oh. Yeah, and then he, fun. like, he, he it's because it's, like, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar or something like that. So then, like, he, he does that famous scene with Here's Johnny, and he just goes, Here's Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's fucking awful. It's so bad. That sounds And I don't hate so him stupid. because, you know what, I would have taken the money too, but, dude, what the fuck? That's, that sounds really stupid. It's so bad. Anyway. Yeah. I almost... I almost don't even want to watch it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna have to. Um, watch it. But anyway, also, as they're getting a tour of like the grounds, very mm-hmm. nonchalant mention of the Indian burial ground. Oh right, just, they're just like, like walking just... outside, and he's like, "Oh, this this place actually probably was built on an Indian burial ground in 1907." Uh, I'm pretty sure that there were like attacks by the Indians as they were building it. Huh. Like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> so clearly, yes, it's haunted. Dumbass. Yeah. Why do you keep building it? Jesus. But yeah. <laughs> um, I did like what they did now, with the first conversation, the telepathic conversation with the chef and Danny. I thought that was pretty yes. a pretty cool way to introduce you to what The Shining is. Yeah. Who? Uh, what was his name? Dick Halloran, right? Yeah. The chef. Dick. The chef. Yeah. Chef Dick. Chef he. Dick. He's. He's. One of the one of one of my favorite characters. He's um, awesome in The Shining. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, I just love pretty much any time he's on. He's on. He's on camera because he's just so. Wasn't just like so blunt and to the he was, point. He was with Scatman Crothers, right? That's who that was. Who Scatman Crothers? Isn't that who played him? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Hang on. Let me let me look this up. Who the hell is Scatman Crothers? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. Yes, Scatman Crothers is Halloran. No way. All yeah. right. He was born Benjamin Sherman Crothers. Uh, and da, 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 da. He's a songwriter, actor, composer, singer, comedian, and guitarist. Damn. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, too. I never saw that one. That was a good one. Really, really good movie. That's that's one I that's yeah. one I do want to see. One flew over the cuckoo's nest was a really good movie. Um, but anyway, yes. So something interesting that I think uh, the viewers at home should know that in the Treehouse of Horrors, uh, Dick Halloran was played by Groundskeeper Willie. So was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the Treehouse of Horrors? The Simpsons that they did. That's a spoof of the. Uh, I did not. The Shining. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, it's fucking crazy. Is it good? Because Homer doesn't have fear or TV, so he goes crazy. Oh, okay. That, may, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, I digress. That's minor details, right? Um, they did a, <laughs> a really good job transforming a Stephen King book, in my opinion, because like every other Stephen King book that I've ever read, it starts off painfully slow and then yeah. just gradually gets good. That's fair. Yeah. That's that's pretty I, I haven't I haven't read a lot of Stephen King. I've read one book by him and just about every so Stephen was, King book you have to like power through at least the first fifty to hundred pages and then all of a sudden it's like this is the greatest book I've ever read. <laughs> yes. It's just like yes, book after book after book. Um The Maze scene where it was so trippy where um Wendy and Danny are walking through the maze and Jack is inside looking at a model of the maze and he's like watching them walk through it. So I thought, A, I thought it was really trippy and was really cool. But all I could think of is like, how the hell did they get that shot? Because this is 1980. Like, I don't think drones have been invented yet. Right, right. No, I mean, definitely not. So, so I mean, maybe they use like a model helicopter and just fixed a camera to it, like mm-hmm. a heavy duty model helicopter. But like that shot, like thinking about they didn't have just like a drone with a GoPro that you could just like fly up there and be like, hey, here's your shot you wanted. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if they like hung a camera from a crane or something. Yeah. Or, it might be, but like, again, like, said, like yeah. it has to be so high up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, and then like the the snow day 
where it's just snowing furiously outside, like the beginning of the snowstorm, and and Jack is just standing there in a black turtleneck with a thousand yard stare is so mm-hmm. cr- like eerie, and the whole scene is like thirty seconds. Yes, very relatable too. If you've ever just, uh, <laughs> just stared out the window during a snowstorm. During a snowstorm. <laughs> yep. You just look out and you just go, I gotta clean that fucking shit up uh, later, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the next scene is, oh, oh, by the way, the phones are out. Yeah. Which just means, like, okay, creepy shit's gonna start happening soon. Like, if you know this yep. is a horror movie, the phones are out. It's like that's step one of all the bad shit starts to happen. Everything goes south from here. Exactly. Um, I just had a, a note for the bo- the voices for the girls are fucking perfectly creepy. Yes. Yep. They're super. I got. I, I don't remember how old they are. They're like five, I think, when that movie was. Yeah, going. like something like seven yeah. and five or something. Because um, I don't think they were twins. I think they were just dressed as twins. I think that's right. Um, they just. And also, like, they're supposed to be in isolation for five months, right? This is the end of the season, October, until the beginning of the season in May. Or something like that, right? So November to yeah. May. They're supposed to be in isolation for at least five months. And it literally only takes a month and a half for Jack to lose his mind. <laughs> like completely lose his mind. Doesn't even relax first, just straight to business. Yeah. It's just like, dude, the scene where he like freaks out at Wendy because he's typing on the typewriter and just like calls her a fucking dumb bitch or something like that. It's like, if you see me typing... Don't fucking come in. Yeah. Yeah, just like, he's like, just leave me alone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, when he first starts to see Jack just turn into an absolute wretch. Yep. Um, and obviously, like, he starts losing his mind and hallucinating or seeing the ghosts or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I have two side notes. Mm-hmm. One, how amazing are the sweaters that Danny wears. Oh, they're great. The Apollo 11 sweater. That kid's got great. The, the Mickey great Mouse. The, <laughs> the Mickey Mouse kicking a football sweater. And he always has the collar popped out on the, on them. Folded out. Fucking amazing. And second side note. Can we just talk for a moment about... Uh, the chef's bedroom when he's in Miami. There are literally just posters and pictures of naked women all over the bedroom. <laughs> I don't think I caught that last time yeah. I watched it. It's literally just two giant posters of naked women. One's above his bed and the other one's above his TV. Listen, that I mean, guy knows what he art. likes. He likes a little bit of TNA. Yeah, it's art, but yeah. it's art. like just completely nude. Um, I thought that was just, he just kind of funny. The tits and ass everywhere. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about room 237. 237. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I know what room this is. So the first time it gets mentioned, uh, is when, uh, Dick Halloran and Danny are having the shining conversation and Danny asks him, why are you so afraid of room 237? And and that's right. Dick like just blatantly says, lies know, to his face. He's like, "I'm not afraid of it, but you have no business going in there, so don't fucking go yep, in it. Don't go in there. Right? Yeah. Don't don't mess around in that room. Exactly. So uh, you know, obviously, Danny spends half of the fucking time that they're there just riding his tricycle around the fucking hallways. Because what else is he gonna do? There's no video games. There's All no right. TV. It's 1980, um, and he's five. So right. <laughs> he's driving by it. Obviously, 237 has the key in it, and it's open. Duh. So what does Danny oh, yeah. do? I'm going to go walk in. And he proceeds to get choked the fuck out by whatever was in that room. Yes. So, yep. like, and then, so that so he gets then, choked uh, out, right? And then Wendy freaks out and blames Jack because obviously there's only three of them in there. Right. She didn't fucking choke him out. And Jack has a history right. of, Someone of had to. being abusive. Yeah. So... Obviously, you did this, so she freaks out. Then she finally gets Danny to talk about it, and he says, this lady did it to me. Right. Okay. So Wendy, being a good mom, believes him, 
and goes down to Jack and is like, there's somebody else in the fucking hotel. What the fuck? Yep. yep. So then Jack proceeds. He's like, bullshit. Right, exactly. I'm going to go so check it out. <laughs> he proceeds to go to room 237. Walks in, scene. goes into the bathroom, hot naked girl in the bathtub. Climbs out of the bathtub. Yep. You get to see the whole bush. Everything's just phenomenal, right? Full, full bush. Yeah. Full bush. And she's like, hey, Jackie boy, why don't you come over? Why don't you come over here? Feel up all my titties, right? So then, he, you know, he goes over yep. there. So, you know, what's a little adultery among friends, right? I'm only here with you, my wife, and my son. No one's going to find yep. out. So... Ain't nobody else got to know about that. <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> He starts making out with her, and then she turns into this disgusting, old, decrepit, decaying body of an old woman. Oh, just rotting away. Right. Yeah, it's, um, it's so who gross. Must have like, I love killed that herself. Scene I think. So much. In, I think in the book, like you find, like they actually say she killed herself. Um, yeah, in the bathtub. In the bathtub, in that room. I believe. So obviously, you know, Jackie boy freaks out, runs out of the room, pretends like nothing happened. Um, it like flat out just says like no. There's nobody here. You're fucking crazy, stupid. Um, so the next thing that I noticed is why would the former caretaker's ghost be a butler? <laughs> and follow up question: Why is he racist? <laughs> Oh, I mean, everyone was racist back then. In so 1970, like I get it's 1970, one. but A, it's Colorado. It's not like it's Alabama. Well, also, it's he's he's from, what, 10 years ago, too. So yeah, right, that's what I'm saying. It's 1970. Oh, 70. Yeah, because this is 1980. Okay, okay. You're right, you're right, you're right. So this is like 1970. So I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt with that. It's, it's 70, but, like, that's still after equal rights. Um, that's true. That's true. But, like, it's Colorado, like, peace, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, like, and it's just so unnecessary. Like, yeah. <laughs> why just... are you dropping N bombs back oh, and man. forth in the bathroom for no reason? I, I, I think it's a Stephen King thing. <laughs> it could be. Uh, or, or Stanley Cooper because... thing. No, because it's, uh, uh, it's also uh, from it as well. Yeah, he does. He does just use racy language, like. Yes. And I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with his personal views. However, I can't speak to them. Um, but it could just very well be that he likes to just be controversial. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Also, in the eighties, I mean, that dude was doing so much blow; he was just melting his brain. So that is true. That's very true. I mean, he wrote about child orgy in one of his books. So. Yeah, that's fair. No, yeah, child orgy is a thing. I think that was also it. Yeah, it was also it, yeah. Can you tell which Stephen King book I, I read? <laughs> the only one. <laughs> um, all right, so the next note that I have is the degree of acting between Jack and Wendy are universes apart. Like, she is such a shitty actress, and he is such a good actor. It's yeah. so bad. It's, like, it took me out of it at times. That's fair. Because, like, her that facial expressions. Shelly Duvall was tortured on the set of that movie to the point where I, I believe she went crazy after that movie. Is that not Oh, I don't true? know. Is that is that what happened? I believe she was, like, pretty much, like, tortured and abused on the set of The Shining to the point where, like, it broke her mentally. And, and then she just popped. Uh, by Kubrick. Everybody? by Yeah, by the staff. Um, this is what I've been told. I guess I never really looked it up myself. I should, yeah, I should um, look that up. But That's interesting. She, um, she, yeah, she did not uh, have a career after that movie. I, I don't believe. Um, <laughs> God, dude, yes. could you imagine if all the all the emails and and fucking like, people that's what are, gets are just us. Coming, that's coming what gets us famous is us <laughs> just shitting on Shelley Duvall and we get hate mail because of it. That's the only time people ever ever contact us. <laughs> Shelley Duvall's a fucking saint, bro. <laughs> but yeah, we know. should look that up. We should look that up. Maybe, uh, maybe do a uh, what's it called when you when you when you talk about something from the last episode. Uh, there's a word for it. I can't think of it. Callback. Yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah, we'll give it a reach around with Shelley Duvall. A little, a little reach around. We'll yeah. look into it. Um, also, so glad, and this is 
unbelievably sarcastic <laughs> in tone. I don't know if I'm conveying it as well as I want to, but I'm so glad that the chef traveled all that way to help and get axed in the chest five seconds after walking in the door. Oh, I love that shit, dude. That's like one of the funniest things. <laughs> I laughed out like, loud. Like, ever, dude, ever. It's so funny. It's just, all right, I'm here. I'm going to find everybody. I'm going to help them. Ah, chop in the fucking chest. Just down for the count. That's it. Chef story's over. Yep. That's, uh, again, I, I, I mentioned it earlier, but that was uh, groundskeeper Willie. He came yeah. in, same thing, axe immediately in the back and fell over dead. That's it was hilarious, dude. Absolutely um, hilarious. Also, is Danny the smartest kid on the planet? Because who the fuck thinks to walk backwards in that situation? You're getting chased through the maze in the snow. You stop dead in your tracks, backtrack backwards in your tracks so that you can hide. Yeah, how how no, smart great. is that? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's unreal. Now, so, so my last note on this movie um, was the very last scene. I don't actually get the last scene. I may just be being stupid or I, I may actually know it. Because this is what I got from it. I just don't know if I'm right. I saw it. I, I interpreted it two different ways. With the photo. Right? Jack Nicholson is in the photo. And the date says um, whatever. Fourth of July party 1921. Right? Mm -hmm. And he's in there in a tux all smiling, dressed up, blah, blah, blah. So the first way I took it was he died at the hotel during the winter. So now he's a part of the hotel, like the, the caretaker, the bartenders, all those people that were partying, um, during the scary scenes, you saw like all those ghosts and, and skeletons and everything throughout the hotel. So like that was option a option B. There was a scene. I think it was with the bartender, either the bartender, or the, the old caretaker from the seventies, where they're talking, and he actually says, um, you've always been the caretaker here. Yes. So, the way I interpreted that, that whole thing is that, though it is Jack Nicholson in the picture itself, it's really supposed to just be the spirit that possessed him, or the, quote-unquote, the caretaker of the hotel, which is this murderous possessive spirit or whatever that drives these people crazy gotcha. um, because it's always the father or the, or the, or the husband that right. took care of the rest of the family. It was never the other way around. Right. Um, like that was the only person that went crazy. Right. All right. Yeah. Cause I just, it was, it was interesting, but like I didn't quite understand it. And I feel like if I read, although it is a Stephen King novel, so the endings are 50, 50, um, I feel like if I read the book, then it might explain it more. But it also could not. Yeah. Like Stephen King's also known to just like end a book and be like, eh, "Fuck you." Exactly. Exactly. So, so um, a couple of a couple of notes that I, I had a few notes from the movie that I wanted to touch on. Go for it. Uh, the first one was the elevator scene. Obviously, very iconic elevator scene. The one with the blood. Um, Yep, the elevator gets called down. All the blood is released. Um, fun fact, that held the world record for most blood in a single scene up until It Chapter 2 just last year. Really? Or maybe it was this year. Yeah, last That's year. interesting because I yep. thought Carrie would have had that beat. Another Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. So one thing is for sure. Stephen King likes to put a lot of blood into his uh, yeah. films or books i guess <laughs> and then um the other thing too is the um just just the haunting the twins that, that come come play with us oh, forever and ever so and ever i love that scene um but going into the movie uh just all the different hauntings in the movie so i was thinking the first one is the little girls and that's like the first like noticeable haunting that you get right um and they're very subtle but obviously they're not supposed to be there 
Um, then you get Jack going a little bit nuts. I guess that could count as the second one because he goes full crazy mm-hmm. after a while with the um, with you know chopping down the door. Here's Johnny, like yeah. iconic scene. Another one, um, and then with the rotting body in the tub, uh, and then uh, circling back onto this, um, Shelley Duvall did come out in 2016 and says she's suffering from mental mental illness and has been battling it ever since uh, Popeye the movie with Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. The poor thing still thinks Robin Williams is still alive. I was just reading, oh, no so that's very sad. Yes, oh. <laughs> it's very very sad. That's more heartbreaking but, than anything else. Yeah. R.I.P. Robin. Yeah, I know, man. We were, I was just talking about him the other day. I don't remember in what context, but I was just like, oh, yeah. I I, I almost forgot he was – yeah, passed away myself. Yeah. I was just like, oh, shit. yeah, that's right. But, yeah. So, uh, that's The Shining. <laughs> would, it, would it be a downer? Um, yeah, I know. Also, on a, on a down note. One thing I never picked up on. But I guess so. He's Jack goes there. He's a writer, right? And and his thought mm-hmm. process is for these next five months, I'm going to be able to get a lot of writing done, right? Because I'm in total isolation. Yeah, it's absolutely. just me, my wife, and my kid. So during the day, what am I going to do? I'm going to write. And he, I mean, for that month and a half, like he's been writing stuff, and and like I think it's hilarious that like they wake up at 11 o'clock in the afternoon and they're just like, oh, stayed up a little late last night, I guess, huh? <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck are you guys doing? Um, but it's that that scene with the typewriter at the end where Shelley Duvall goes and, and looks at what he's like got on the typewriter and it's just all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's on every piece of paper that he's written since he's been there. Yeah. So he started going nuts day one. Pretty much immediately. That's the fucking whack part. Is that yeah. he literally just started like from the second he sat down in front of that typewriter, he was losing his mind and possessed. Yep. Yep. And it was a slow burn the whole time, you yeah. know, because it was uh it was a fuse. As opposed to a bonfire. Right. Exactly. That's a good one, though. It's a great movie. Um, It was. It's a a fantastic movie. Obviously, it's not like the Boggy Creek monster, any of them. (laughs) We're going to sit here and make fun of it. Obviously, there's some parts where you you can can find fault or think it was funny. But um, all in all, it's it's one of the most iconic movies ever made. And one of the best performances ever made, I think, by uh, Jack Nicholson. It's uh, it's my, one of my partner's favorite movies yeah. too. Um, so that's The Shining. That's, that's the, the, Shining. the inspiration for what helped me find the Hotel del Salto. Um, and so I wanted to get into um what we do, obviously, at, you know, with this new format that we've been kind of messing around with is the encounter stories, right? We did the the couple cryptids, and, and yeah. we had a couple, you know, different encounter stories for each of those cryptids. Um, so, Chris, why don't you take away, uh, take it away and give us some encounter stories for the Hotel Del Salto? I'd love to, but fun fact, the one thing about Hotel Del Salto is uh, it, despite the, the, the number of people that have, that have killed themselves over the years near the hotel and despite the, the native history of the area, and even despite the history of the shrieks and noises and conversations in strange languages coming from the hotel, there are pretty much no documented paranormal encounters associated with the hotel. That's, that's okay. So it's interesting <laughs> because like you, during yeah, all the I research, like, I mean, we both looked very hard. I looked, I looked for maybe two or three hours yeah. yesterday. I looked everywhere. Um, I looked on yeah, I, I it was Google. I looked on uh, DuckDuckGo. I looked on uh, Reddit. I looked. I even. I even. <laughs> I even went to 4chan to see if there was anything there. Because sometimes you could just sometimes yeah. there's something there in that paranormal thread, and, and yeah. someone will tell you. Um, so, but nothing, nothing yeah. anywhere. So my question is, because as someone who's not Colombian, I would love to know if this is because of a cultural a cultural predisposition of not sharing these types of stories publicly 
or if there really are no encounters. You know what I mean? Because like I yep. know in 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 the Hispanic culture, paranormal and and the afterlife and everything like Dia de los Muertos is it's more celebrated right. than than more. But like the paranormal, the afterlife, the dead, ghosts, paranormal activity is mm-hmm. acknowledged and celebrated. Now, I don't know if it's central to just maybe Mexico. Um, like Dia de los Muertos may just be Mexico. But I would love to know if that has some kind of, like if there's a cultural association with this fact There's we could not find anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, I think unless you have like documented encounters, it's hard to really call a place like haunted. Like you don't know if it's truly haunted or not. I want to disagree with you, but it's hard to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they could be out there and we just didn't see them. Yeah. Um, But, you know, if anyone happens to find any uh, any of these encounters anywhere online and would, you know, like us to share them. I would love to share them as well. Uh, so please uh, send them on over to us. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know our info. All the yeah, um, all the different places you can send them. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, that's that's kind of it for encounter stories. Unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot to share in that area. Well, at um, least we're gonna have three weeks in a row of a listener story, which is nice. Yes. Uh, yes. Potentially four weeks, but yeah, three weeks in a row of our listener story. So Chris yep. got another story. Uh, from your boy Anders. Yeah, so Anders, um, my the my dear dear Anders, I, I love this guy so much. Fog uh, yeah, really right? Yeah, fog yeah. Fog yeah, uh, I don't, Anders. I don't, I don't know if that's actually his last name. Um, Fair I enough. believe it trans. I believe that translates to dare. In God, I don't know what they speak. Where is he from? He's good. Uh, Norway. Is that Norwegian? <laughs> you see the light turn on <laughs> i don't know if that's the actual language i know that if you're from norway you are norwegian yeah yeah i nordic? mean he speaks, they speak he nordic speaks nordic maybe yeah i mean he speaks english to me so i you should you, know, you should just yeah. ask anders vagia yeah i'm just uncultured american swine here so <laughs> don't mind me y'all piece of shit piece <laughs> so, of shit yeah. <laughs> that's me uh, every day so again uh so it comes from he's an instagram user friend of the show uh his instagram tag is anders vagia underscore photography and that's spelled a-n-d-e-r-s-s-v-a-a-g-e underscore photography in case you ever want to uh check him out uh thank you so much anders for your continued support it really means a lot to us um again he's a gem of a person i love him dearly Please check out his Instagram if you're into like scenic photography. Uh, his pictures of Norway are absolutely stunning. Uh, it's such a beautiful place. Um, so he wrote me in the DMs. I'm going to piece it together here. And he wrote, uh, I just, <clears throat> excuse me. He wrote, I just listened to the Jersey Devil episode. Awesome to hear my story at the end. Uh, again, thanks for writing us. It's been a pleasure to read your stories on the podcast. Yeah. Um, he writes, I'm not sure if I'm able to spend a night in the prison building. He's referring to uh, the, the prison, the Bergen, mm-hmm. uh, the prison in Bergen, Norway, uh, that was opened in 1862 in operation to 1991. Um, and he says, uh, I would have to check with the city council, I guess. I know it's being used from time to time for various stuff like art events and so on, which I thought was very cool yeah. uh, that they're opening like art galleries in it. So it's not just wasted space. Yeah, that's neat. Um, he says, but nothing consistent. I have been inside it, though, before, and they removed that section for the new courthouse. I was 17 at the time, and I had a classmate who had a key because her marching band used a section of the prison as storage and meeting place. Again, Jesus. very cool. Right? Now, imagine, right? Just You're use in the band. space. I get it. Like, I yeah. get it. Just use the space. Yeah. But Yeah, it's great. But wow. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's so funny. Um, so, yeah. So um, so I got to walk around the halls and the floors. We did not stay for very long because we found that we were probably not, uh, we were probably were not alone in the building as we moved up to the upper floor. We heard some movement and saw traces of someone being there. So probably a drug addict or homeless person that had managed to find a way inside. So it went out pretty quickly after that. 
Um, Anders uh, sent us some pictures of the prison. They'll be up on your screen now, and if you're an audio listener, they'll be on our Instagram page. Yeah. Um, so he sent us this first pick, uh, and he just wrote, the first pick is the end wall of the section they removed. So they removed the section here of this wall, but you can see it's just uh, the old, old prison. Yeah, run down, decrepit. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the second pick is just outside the yard, which would be right on the other side of that wall. So that's another picture of the outside. Okay. And then he wrote, here are some of the older pics that I got from when I was inside. This is before camera phones and before my first digital cam. So they were shot with shot with film. Ugh, and as you can film. see, Ugh. these ones are straight up film on, on like a tablecloth. <laughs> four and a half. <laughs> four, uh, four by six. Little four by six yep. photos. But I thought it was interesting to look at the inside of it. Not only because, I mean, you know, it, it kind of looks like a typical prison. But like, yeah. look at the molding underneath the, the second floor there. That's, that's I thought nice, that was really uh, interesting. That's, that's yeah. nice crown molding work. Yeah, dude. They took their time and put the crown molding in there, you know, all that. Uh, and then, like, the door that's open is very modern. Yep. So it's just, like, some of the past, some of the new. Yeah. Very neat. Uh, the second one here is going to be a little bit harder to look at. It is a uh, horizontal picture being shown vertically. I'll flip it. Uh, I believe that. that is just the road uh, that goes up to the prison. I guess it's not very clear what this one is. Uh, it looks like maybe the prison's on the left there. Norway looks so nice. I know, right? You should you should check out uh, Anders' Instagram, dude. It's oh my god, such a beautiful place. Um, and this looks like a picture. Uh, the third one here. It looks like a picture inside the prison. It looks like um, the the doors leading outside. Yeah, the initial, There's an exit like sign. The initial up. entry doors. Yeah. Yep, you can see where the gated uh, entry is. So there's a, uh, what do they call that? Like a dual entry. Yeah. Um, there. Which is pretty cool. Is that and a ghost? Then, is, this uh, a, is this actually a ghost? Yeah, yeah. And then the, the last one is actually a haunted picture that he sent us of a ghost. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just, I, I don't know. That is. He, he never clarified who that was. Uh, but it looks like his, yeah, it's just his someone friend. there. It could be a ghost. Yeah. His friend that friend. got him in there. Yep. Um, yeah, maybe his, his band friend or whatever. Um, or ghost. But yeah, be ghost. I'm going with more, ghost. I, I, I'm going lines are across the screen. I think that's that's because there's an apparition there. <laughs> yeah, it's not glare from the lighting. It's, nope. it's ghost. Nope, I nope, think. nope. It's ghost. It's ghost. <laughs> yep. So again, uh, thank you so much, Anders, for writing into the show. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for sharing the pictures with us as well. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's always appreciated, man. Um, write us anytime. And also, uh, for you listening at home, if you'd like to write us, please send us an email to for the number four guys media network at gmail.com or go to www.thenumber4guysmedia.com. At the bottom of the page, we have a contact us. Uh, just please include MIOH listener story in the subject or at the beginning uh, if you're using the website. So we know it's for the show um, because we, we do uh, sometimes get contacted by people who are uh lack of a better term looking to strike a brand deal with us but you know we're we're the ones shelling out all the money so yeah it's it's essentially we pay them to make us famous no thanks Uh, so um we 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 always love to hear from our listeners if you ever have had a paranormal experience or if you think something is a conspiracy uh please write write to us and we'll read it on the podcast um and if you wish to stay anonymous Please say so, and yep. we will respect your wishes. Absolutely. You know who I want to hear from? I want to hear from the three people we have in Australia listening. Yeah, yeah. You know if you're who listening you are. Out in Australia. You know who you are. I see my analytics. We have three people in Australia that listen. I want you to write me with your bunyip stories. Yeah, Australia is a very, uh, a very, very rich with history, rich with lore. Uh, continent so um please yeah right right to us um we'd love to hear it, it doesn't even have to be paranormal man just just write to me about something you think is eerie or creepy out in australia yeah i'd right. love to hear it really i just i just love to hear what you all have to say so yeah i mean okay so we have we have listeners in which is i think just amazing a the analytics and b the fact that like it shows um we have listeners in the United States, the United Kingdom, Norway. Thank you, Anders. Norway. Thanks, Anders. Australia. New South Wales, Victoria, and Queensland. 
Spain. That's awesome. Ireland, Canada, British Columbia, and Ontario. Uh, Singapore, France, Nepal, Thailand, Finland, Czech Republic, Mexico, India, New Zealand, Ecuador, and Brazil. Yeah. Those yeah, are so... those are all the places that have at least uh, downloaded one episode of the Mystery and History <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, so please let us know. I mean, share, share, I mean, you know, we'd love to hear you share your culture with us. Yeah. Like, Australia's, how does your culture... is number four, bro. That's great. But you know what I'm saying? Like, how does how does Australia perceive ghosts versus how do we perceive ghosts? Oh, I would you know love I mean? to like, know or, if... Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or, you know, how are, how are ghosts in Norway perceived? Um, I would love... You know, because we, I would love we to know, know how we perceive them. Yeah. So that would be, be fun to hear from you And guys. that, by the way, those analytics are everything but YouTube. Oh, okay. So, so we have YouTube different totally analytics on YouTube. Even more. Excellent. That's great yeah. news. Um, but yeah, so that is the the Hotel del Salto and um, the Shining all wrapped up yeah. into one. Tie with a little all bow. In one. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice little packet. Yeah, that's how we'll wrap this up and tie it with a bow this time on the Mystery and History podcast. Uh, be sure to check out our website, obviously the number four guysmedia.com for news updates and list of our podcasts. Uh, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions or topics for us to cover, email us at fourguysmedianetwork at gmail.com. If you're on the go, you can subscribe to our shows on iTunes. Be sure to check out our Patreon page, 4Guys Media Network, for access to exclusive content like minisodes and more. We have a lot of goals to hit, so we can keep improving and continue providing more content ad-free. So all of your donations are greatly appreciated. Make sure you subscribe to the 4Guys Media Network YouTube channel for all of our other projects by clicking the link on the right. And lastly, if you want to watch another episode, just click the link on the left. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. 